Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know a lot about golf. Well, we're waiting. Well, lo and behold, looky here. It's us, those weekend golf guys. John Ashton in studio. Jeff Smith at the uh, the former beauty of Hilton Head Island. Yeah, that's right. Cleaning former. up a little bit. Man, and try to produce a more cunner here on the controls. We are collectively known as those weekend golf guys. And, man, Hurricane did uh, did a little bit of damage coming through. Hmm? Yeah, it really did. A lot of, a lot of trees down. Um, a lot of things that used to be uh, fantastic are now uh, are now in disrepair. Uh, a lot of buildings got smacked around with with some tree damage, and an awful lot of homes with some tree damage. And it's uh, it's going to be take a, it's going to take a, a little while to clean this stuff up. I can tell you, a wow. uh, whole island full of uh, full of uh, disrepair and an awful lot of tree stumps. So but I think the... they got a year's worth of uh, bonfires going on. <laughs> I think that they can have that. Is the lighthouse still there? That's the lighthouse is still there. Oh, that's there right. He goes. Um, as long as the iconic the, uh, the golf landmarks. Course, not... Yeah, golf. yeah, that's right. <laughs> golf course didn't fare so well, but the yeah. lighthouse is still up there, man. Well, that's that's it. They've got till April to get the golf course fixed. That's so, right. So there you go. All that's right. right. All they'll, right. Well, they'll do that. There'll be a lot. Of, it'll be a lot easier to play it next time they play. I guarantee you. <laughs> Fewer trees to get <laughs> over. <laughs> Fewer trees, baby. <laughs> That was one that that Harbortown course is one tree line son of a gun. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah, it used to be at least. Now it's a Lynx course. Yeah. Oh man! Um, <laughs> yeah. And my question, however, is when when the majority of palmetto trees get blown down, what happens to the palmetto bugs? They come inside your house. Mm. <laughs> and for those <laughs> and for those in California, I mean, we all know roaches, right? Palmetto bugs. Yeah. First off, when I lived in South Carolina, it was the first state I had ever lived in. It's the Palmetto State, right? So I figured Palmetto right. bugs. They have a state bug. <laughs> I, I was unaware of that. But Palmetto bugs are, for ease of description, uh, very large cockroaches with wings. Cockroaches okay. on steroids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just kind of stand up. You know, I, I've seen my share of of Palmetto bugs, uh-huh. and you know. A lot of them will, you know, you walk through the garage or, heaven forbid, someplace in the house, and cockroaches regularly, they just scamper away. These palmetto bugs just kind of stand up on their hind legs and look at you and go, what? Oh, yeah, you, you hit them with the, you know, the heavy-duty <laughs> raid ant roach killer, and they kind of look at you and go, is yeah. that all you got? <laughs> right. Is that it? Is that it? Is that it? No, no, no. Wait, wait, John. It's it's is that all y'all got? All y'all got, yeah. That's that's right. Right. <laughs> all y'all got. Is that all y'all got? Yeah, that's it, man. That's it. I just <laughs> gotta tell you, just gotta tell you a quick story. Living in Charleston, um, with with a, a a wife who's originally from Oklahoma. All right, so you know tarantulas they can deal with, cockroaches not so much, and uh, 
she actually stopped screaming every time she saw a roach because you see them everywhere you go in South Carolina, coastal low, low country Carolina. And she, she became almost immune to it. And then one day, after three I years... I say she got hoarse. Now, after three <laughs> years of living in Charleston, South Carolina, she opened up the silverware drawer, and a chameleon jumped out. <laughs> I was so proud of her. She didn't scream. She didn't jump. She remained calm. She closed the silverware drawer, turned around, and said... I'm moving. You're welcome to come with me if you'd like. <laughs> and that, sir, is the story of how we we moved to Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> You've had enough, huh? Well, the wildlife is just a tad, uh, tad too much to bear for some folk, man, who just aren't used to it. Beautiful, beautiful area of the country, though. And let's hope that they get it back into the pristine shape that uh, it's in because that whole area, Hilton Head, Savannah, Georgia, Charleston, South Carolina, all the way up uh, Myrtle Beach area, uh, up up to Wilmington and the uh, the Outer Banks of North Carolina. Absolutely gorgeous. If you like water that's actually warm enough to swim in, again, for our West Coast friends and our New England friends, they actually have water there that is warm enough to swim in at the beach. Of course, it also brings uh-huh. large predatory fish that love swimming in warm water, too, but, you know, you can get over that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, well, maybe it's not it's not the panacea we've all come to think of anyhow, but it's a great part of the country to go to, uh, by all means, if you ever get an opportunity, go. And they are going to need all the tourist bucks they can get uh, to help uh, finance the, the rebuilding because, man, Myrtle Beach area like 116 golf courses, only half of them are open right now. That's how bad it's it hit them. And yeah. they're, they're a little farther up the coast from where it actually came ashore because it basically hit right where you're standing, didn't it? Right on Hilton Head? Pretty much. Yeah, Yeah, right on Hilton Head. It yeah. was, uh, I, I, I think they, they call it, um, it made landfall here. Mm-hmm. That's um, it. Yeah. Otherwise known as, otherwise known as Ground Zero. Ground Zero. <laughs> it's like, look out! Here we go. Um, but anyhow, our uh, our you know best wishes to uh, all the folks who are busy sawing. Uh, at least maybe there'll be a, a great firewood industry born on Hilton Head Island now. You know, <laughs> wouldn't surprise me at all. Cut it up, dry it out, sell it to all them cold folks in the Midwest. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's it. Get it. Haul get, it right up here. Get a big truck and haul it up to Chicago. Everybody will be happy up there. Hey, listen, we got some good stuff coming up. We're going to talk some, um, some, some golf performance ideas. We're going to talk about a couple of uh, students who, who had a, a lesson with Jeff. Uh, one of them is much better, and the other one is so confused he doesn't know what to do with himself. And also going to be talking with uh, Jeremiah Mohannon, who's the CEO of Frogger Golf. And, you know, with the first name of Jeremiah, what else are you going to call your company, right? All that and a whole lot more. It is coming up. We are those weekend golf guys. we got a whole hour together. So if I were you, I'd stay right where I'm at. Be right back. Thanks for hanging on. Thanks for coming back. Thanks for being here. We are those weekend golf guys. Appreciate you listening. Whether it be on XRQK uh, facilities out there in Los Angeles or, or down in uh, Texas, um, 
on the Leading Edge Network or down in Tampa on IRL, I believe it's called. Um, About in Australia or Russia or Australia, you know, Russia, and all those places on AudioBoom.com. Yeah. Uh, you can you can, right. the the bottom line here is you can access it from anywhere. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. And we appreciate you doing just that. You're going to put some golf balls and going to put some golf towels up for grabs later on in the show. So you want to hang out for that also. But anytime you miss us, uh, you don't have to miss us. You can catch us on uh, AudioBoom.com or AudioBoom.com if you'd prefer. Um, proud member of the Golf Talk American Network. Those weekend golf guys, you can find it there. Okay. Uh, uh, last Sunday on our local show, um, we have a very good friend of the show whose name is Diane Williamson. She is the voice of OnStar and a whole lot of other commercials that you have heard on radio and television all over the world. Um, beautiful voice and everything else to go with it, too. Yes, she is as good as she looks, sounds. She looks as good as she sounds. Let's put it that way. Um, but her golf game, not so much. Uh, she had only been playing for a couple of years and had any, any uh, lesson she had been given had been given to her by her, her boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Both of them showed up at the golf cave last week, took a, a lesson from Jeff, and, and she was on the show with us on Sunday, Jeff, so, so you were very, uh, yeah. very good at editing your comments, but she's not even listening now, so let's give it to her. How did, how did, <laughs> how did it go? How did it go? Okay, well, she started with, really, she was a beginner. Right. And she started with um, information that was not helping her move in the way that you need to move to move a club forward and down to hit a golf ball uh, well at all. So we started with that. And uh, I got her to essentially move well, turning her body, swinging her arms, and not trying to stay put because the information she got was stay down on it, keep your head down, uh, don't move around. And she was a dutiful student of those bad words, and so therefore she wasn't really able to move. Mm -hmm. And so essentially she was um, standing there staring at it with her, her face, her chest and her hips all stayed pointed at the golf ball. So she was swinging so with... She was, she was an arm flapper, uh -huh. except she was swinging quite hard with her arms because she was still trying to propel a ball very far. Right. So good for her. She still had the mentality that I want to hit the ball hard, but she was in her own way. Gotcha. And so it, it took a bit of time, uh, but the information came from her, her boyfriend, um, and who's... In and of itself, he's a really great guy, uh, but he himself is a subscriber to his own words, which is great because he's not one of those do as I <laughs> do as I say, not as I do guys, which is <laughs> yeah. terrific. He also uh, was afflicted with that "I don't want to move my body" thing, but he was a little bit different. He's a taller uh, guy; he was, you know, five foot eleven to six foot, mm -hmm. and uh, he crunched his body down, and he would get to a point where he just couldn't move it. Because part of it was his philosophy where you had to stay down on it. But right. when you take a body and the, you try to crunch it down in posture, um, your chest gets close to your knees and all that body in between, that whole torso in between, really has nowhere to go. And so, um, you know, he was trying to turn his body and trying to, to keep it compressed at the same time, which, as I pointed out to him, it, that, that's kind of how we 
uh, like if you press down on something and twist it, that's kind of how you get juice out of it, right? Isn't that how we juice an orange? <laughs> and, uh, and so he had a hard time because of his habits. Yeah. He had developed habits over, over the years of playing golf that said, I'm going to stay down on this no matter what. And he did that. And what happens is, is that his, he didn't get to rotate very well. His arms didn't get to swing down the target line. And he would just kind of pull his arms tight to his body. He was like he was all trying to get closer to each other. And um, it was moving down to the left. And so he would hit toe shots and bottom of the club shots. And a lot of things had, had some fade to it. And so, you know, we worked on him of doing essentially the opposite because that's what happens in corrective uh golf lessons is you get them to do the opposite of the thing that they're doing that's not helping them and so he struggled with that but he also struggled with the fact that he could hold the club as simply uh as how his his he's a right-handed golfer so his his left hand grip was actually one where it was very similar to how his arm would naturally hang down but of course he didn't do that he was the turn the back of your hand toward the target put the thumb on the top of the shaft guy which also means that he couldn't get the club face square to whatever line he was going to swing the club on. He couldn't square the club face to that place anyway. So there was pretty much no straight balls going to come out of this guy. And so, you know, we got it so that his hand would be over a little bit more and got him to stand up a little bit more, and he could hit some straight shots. But the trouble with it was it was so uncomfortable to him, and it did not jive with his whole... um, the inborn, you know, philosophy that he's had for an awful long time. So he was not as happy as Diane was because when I got Diane to move better, she could freely swing pretty hard and make contact with the ball and hit it pretty straight. So she was a whole lot happier coming out of it than he was because she instantly saw um, results mm-hmm. and he instantly saw that he's going to have to change a few things and work. All right, and listen. So you- based on. You said two things. We're gonna have to. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna have to take a quick break here. But you said two things. Uh, Yeah. Keep your head down, and and grip it with the back of your hand facing the target, and your thumb on the top of the shaft, which I think all of us have heard is the right way to do it. So we're gonna talk about that when we come right back. Because hey, you've been doing it wrong. No wonder you can't play this game. (laughs) We have this weekend golf guys. We'll be right back. Don't you? Hey, those weekend golf guys, John Ashen, Jeff Smith, and Trevor producer Mark Hunter. Jeff, of course, down uh, uh, digging out from uh, the hurricane damage in Hilton Head. Again, all our thoughts and prayers. I hate that. such a such a meaningless phrase, but we do mean it. Uh, we just, you know, like like Mark said, why didn't Jeff invite us down to Hilton Head? I said, because he would have wanted us to work, and he knew we wouldn't come. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. Yeah. But uh, this you know, one, this one uh, down here, not not the golf trip, fellas. This yeah. one is the uh, go put it all back together uh, trip. Yeah. You know, yeah. the thing about it is that, that there's a lot of people who live here, uh, and there's a lot of people who've you know had their their lives turned upside down by by a gigantic hurricane. Yeah. And so those are the people who really uh, the the thoughts and prayers should go to. Yeah. As yeah. opposed to the the vacationers who just kind of yeah, lost is- a little bit of the niceness of what was. 
it's more about the people who actually live here and it is, earn definitely. their earn their livings here. Yeah. Uh, that they're the people who who are really suffering, as opposed to just the rest of us who come down to play golf and yeah. have a nice time. Snowbirds can so, uh, can can find another thing to do. All right, man. Uh, you know, in the last segment here before the break, uh, we told we were talking about uh, Diane and her boyfriend boyfriend who's been yep. playing golf for about ten years. Diane, who's been playing for about two, but everything she learned, she learned from her boyfriend. And we're finding out that uh, both of them have been operating with bad information. Garbage in, garbage out kind of deal. Yeah. The things that they thought, and you mentioned in the last segment, keep your head down and with the grip, back of your left hand, if you're right-handed golfer, back of your left hand facing your target, thumb on the top of the shaft. We have all been taught that repeatedly. That's been like gospel. That's been yeah, that's, like that's the, the unfortunate part. Yeah, man. So are are you a firebrand or uh, just out of the box, or have we all been given misinformation? No, I think that there's been a lot of things that have gone on in in the world of golf um, that that have been bad in terms of the instruction back before they had an awful lot of real evidence to support um, some of the some of the new. I shall we say I I shall. Not really say new findings, but certainly they're teaching people now. The, the best teachers were teaching people to do things that their bodies are actually set up to do, mm-hmm. instead of uh, out of pictures of a magazine back when people were still playing pretty good golf. But it was a handful of them that were doing it. But they were being taught based upon the pictures that were shown. Uh, at certain positions in a golf swing, and then they would make some pretty broad assumptions based upon that, and then things would get turned around quite a bit, and it wasn't what anybody could physically do easily. So what you're saying is... And so they tried to teach too many people the same thing based upon something they watched a guy do. Yeah. So what you're saying is... if everybody could do it. Ben Hogan did what he did because that's the way his body moved. Not necessarily was he was a, lo- a great golfer because that's the way he gripped the club. Well, certainly he also gripped a club to avoid a hook. Right. Um, in, in such a way that he actually didn't grip the club in any way that his back of the hand was toward the target and thumb on top anyway. His was turned a little bit more uh, on his, you know, his was almost where the top of the grip was splitting the difference between the index finger knuckle on the left hand and the left thumb so that index finger on the left hand was about 11 o'clock. Gotcha. On the, you know, and so he wasn't quite that way, but at the same time he wrote that book in, in, his, in his days of he did not want to hit anything that curved left. So one of the things that he did was he got stiffer shafts, and the other thing he did is he turned his hand, you know, back of his hand toward the target a little bit more so that uh, his club face would not be um, squared to or, or left of where he was swinging. There was a lot of stuff that was going on, and a lot of people taught off that off some of those pictures mm-hmm. in that book. Right, exactly. And yeah. at the same time, he grooved a fade, and yet today's golfers they can't stand that shot. <sighs> yet they do an awful lot of things that create it. There's an awful lot of teaching that had been going on that convinced people to do those things because some of the greatest ball strikers in the world did that. For those, the trouble for, is it didn't conflict. It conflicts with the shot that people want to hit. For, for those people who are saying, well, okay, Jeff, 
don't keep your head down. What do you do instead? Allow it to rotate with your body. So when you, let's say I'm going to, on my way back, I'm turning my chest and I'm turning my back to the target and I'm rotating my chest, my face will actually rotate. My nose, mouth, and chin will actually rotate toward the back. Now just go think about the, one of the greatest players that have ever played the game, uh, Jack Nicklaus, and what was the very first thing he actually did it at the very beginning before he even took the club back. He twisted his face, turned his head to the right, and he was still looking down at the golf ball with his left eye. Mm-hmm. And then he would take the club back. He allowed the rotation so that it wouldn't stop his mobility. So you don't lose eye contact with the ball. You're not talking about keeping no. your head. You don't like look at the nope. sky or anything like that. Gotcha. Right. Okay. So basically, I'm trying to get people to move the way that their body should move up to a point, right. which is different than not allowing it to move at all. Yeah. Those people with a boat anchor tied to their head will not allow their body to move well at all. Uh, but there's a point where you do move, and then there's a point where you do no longer move. So you move within a framework of who you are and how you can hold that together. And that whole head-down problem, it doesn't allow people to move pretty much. It doesn't allow them to move much at all. Yeah. And that's where Diane was, was failing in, in her uh, ability to move and hit a and hit a ball, uh, and an awful lot of people fail that way too. So when she freed up, though, I mean, she told me she's striping it down the middle now. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of positive in in what she's got. You know, the thing is, she's actually got a very good uh, aggressive move. As a matter of fact, uh, it would be one that you you may be jealous of. <laughs> but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'll be one where you'll you'll want to watch it. And go, wow, that's that's really pretty darn good. Well, you know, some of us like to watch Diane move no matter what it is she's doing. So, oh, <clears throat> I shouldn't say that out loud. People are listening. <laughs> <laughs> but nonetheless, but I will probably ask her to go play golf now. I will pay close attention. Trust yes, me. I thought you might, yeah. And, and again, the caveat on this is that, yes, you're going to play better golf, but you're going to have to practice because especially if you're in the position of Diane's boyfriend who has been playing for quite a while incorrectly. Uh, it's, yeah, he created habits. Yeah, and it's, it feels unnatural, uncomfortable. And, I mean, you, you get to the point where you sit there and you go, oh, this can't be right. I know this is what Jeff said, but I must have heard him wrong because this just doesn't feel right. So that's why you, you know, have to practice. It, yeah, it is one of those things that you just – and 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 as and in Diane's boyfriend's case, I even showed him how he could practice just putting his hands on the club and standing differently while not even being near a golf ball, mm-hmm. nor a golf course, nor a driving range. Mm-hmm. I mentioned it to him that he could be doing it in front of the television. And the more times he just put his hands on the club in a way that is that matches how his body moves uh, and how his arms hang down, actually, um, he is a whole lot closer to his best at that point. Cool. That's great. Uh, yeah. We've got more. We're coming back. Jeff, during the break, you know, go uh, shop back some water puddles or something. Man. We will be right <laughs> back. We are those weekend golf guys. Don't you move. Hey. 
And we're back. Those Weekend Golf Guys. John Ashton, Jeff Smith, and Trevor Producer Mark Hunter making everything work. We got some new software. So uh, if 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 you're not listening to us right now, that's because the software said it worked, but it didn't. So far, nobody's calling and screaming that, I can't hear you. So I guess everything is working well. I don't know. This whole technology thing, man. Technology can overcome ability on the golf course, but uh, in the uh, in the broadcast uh, electronics business here, we refer to this as ESO. It's equipment superior to operator. We're having a bit of a problem, <laughs> bit of a problem getting uh, getting everything down. But uh, you know, a continuing education course for producers. I, th- I think he slept through it last week. <laughs> but con- uh, talking about continuing education, man, we're talking about the the lessons, the 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 fast and true i mean this this is the rock of golf instruction from the 20th century keep your head down and grip the the club correctly with your thumb on top of the shaft and the back of your hand toward toward the uh, target now that is what you taught me to do is that because that's the way my hands hang um you know your hands don't hang like mine mine hang a bit more oh say turned more on top than yours do yours hang a bit more with your backhand uh, toward the target. Yeah. And so with what I did with you is I just kind of matched your, your left-hand grip to um, pretty close to how your hand naturally hangs. Mm-hmm. And cool. uh, we wanted to make sure that you could keep, your, keep everything going as best you could um, without too much, too much difference. It's one of the biggest things to do is to change somebody's ball flight but sometimes you have to change their grip position in order to get them to get a club on the ball differently Yeah, to change that flight, and that is the single greatest change that people hate to make. Especially if they've been playing for a while. It's changed. Yeah, yeah. especially because they're used to doing things, and it feels a certain way, and to put a club in the hand and do it a different way, they have a hard time. Yeah. And there are people that when you try to make some sort of grip change, they refuse. Uh, to do something that different, yeah. but yet they'll continue to hit the same shot that they hate, and so you just kind of somewhat have to ask them, which do you hate more? Balls that curve right and high scores and frustration at the end of every round, or do you want to spend, oh, say an hour um, relearning how you put your hand on the club and then therefore how to move it? into it to give you more happiness on the golf course. Wouldn't you rather give up one, essentially one nine holes worth of uh, time to, to work on that and to make that to be something you could do? And so sometimes I ask people that, and when they're standing there right in front of me, they always agree, yes, I would like to do that. <laughs> but then they walk out of the golf studio and they go, I want to go play golf. And I know, and I know that. So what I do is I tend to... What I do is I tell them to get them on the golf course. And so that way I'll say to them, here's an interesting thing that I'll do is, you know, we'll get on the golf course and I'll put them in a position where the ball has to fly straight or curve left. Mm -hmm. And so when I give some playing lessons, I'll say, hey, here's how to hit a shot that makes a ball do this. And then I'll put their hands on the club and then their mind says, oh, well, this is a specialty shot. I'll put my hand on there and I'll swing like this and I can make this happen, and then they watch it happen, and it flies straight or curves a little bit left, and drawing a little bit for the right-handed golfer, mm-hmm. and they love it for that one shot. Yeah. 
I guess because you. see, their mind didn't. Their mind didn't say you made me do something different that will change my whole world. <laughs> and so what I do is I'll sit there and I'll have them hit a bunch of those shots in, on the golf course. So when I go to the golf course, we talk a little strategy. Where do you want to be? And I'll even put that strategy into a player that says, I want to hit a ball that curves left here because it will feed back to the, you know, it, let's say it's a, a green that the, that the green slopes front right to back left mm-hmm. because there's a lot of those greens that look like that that you could hit into it that you would have a ball curving in that way. And they realize that that's probably a better play for that hole. Right. And so what I'll do is I'll try to have them picture that and then set up for it. And the more often they have success with a ball moving straight or curving a little left, the more apt they are to think that that's an okay thing to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Duh. Yeah. Well, you know, but, but see, that's part of, the, part of the change in behavior that I can help people with when we're playing together on the golf course is they see the shot that I hit and I describe how I did it. And I'll say, well, I put my hand here, and then uh, I made this golf swing, and the club moved a little bit to the right away from me, and my club face was facing a bit more toward the target at the time. So I got a ball to do that. Would you like to try it? And they always say yes, and they always want to do it, and then they always walk away feeling like this was the right thing for them to learn instead of walking away thinking, well, they just changed everything about how I would do it. Yeah. It's a matter of saying, why would it work in this situation? Is there a... Sometimes I'll put people behind trees oh, and say, we've got to start it out to the right and curve it back to the left. You're cruel. <laughs> oh, well, but, you know, they have to hit that shot a lot. Yeah. And, and so then I'll get them to do it with an obstacle, and then it's a game then. You know, it's a challenge. Yeah. Is, is there... Have you found, like, there's a, a maximum amount of information that a normal person can process in the course of a playing lesson with you? No. <laughs> okay. Define um, normal. <laughs> we, never, we never get there. I got gotcha. you. No, no, see, it, it, because the playing lesson is different than, than the I want to hit it better lesson, um, you know, right now, because, and that's kind of how I have to change how to get through to certain people. In the playing lesson, it's conversational, mm-hmm. and you want to try one. Here's a situation where, because we can run across so many different things that we can have a conversation about it, and then I ask them to hit that shot, and then then I'll say, okay, well, why don't you teach me how to hit it? Because <laughs> when you're in that situation, then you can go about it, and then they get it. Right. And then they can teach me how to hit it. You're like, okay, what do I have to have happen here? And once they get into a conversation then there's virtually no limit, except then we run out of time. Or holes. You know, if I'm with somebody for, well, so, you know, sometimes we don't play a full nine holes. Sometimes we get out there and we play three holes. Right. And we move around to different places. Gotcha. And so it depends. But at that situation, I have not yet run into, there's only so much information a person can handle because they're, engaged and the time flies and they are we're, we're talking about different things and that's where the game comes alive for them and so it isn't um, a session where it's a repetitious thing 
Yeah, you, and you get that oh so, wow factor. Because if if on many different things. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to tell me how to hit a, a a fade because or a cut, however you want to look at it, because I can never do that sure. on on command. I mean, I can do it a lot, but just never on command. Um, and you right. tell me how to do it, and I do it, and it works. I'm going to go oh wow, and I'm going to start trying to put myself in positions where I have to hit a cut. Just yeah, that works really well. Yeah, just because I know I know now how to do it. And then I'm going to say, wow, yeah. okay, give it to me the other direction too, please. Yeah. And then we go find ourselves a situation that it calls for. Yeah. So you can picture it in your mind. Yeah. And you can see what you're trying to do. And it's amazing. And it's a lot easier to remember. Because if I read in a magazine, well, if I want to hit a fade uh, or a draw, then I do X, Y, and Z. And when I'm out on the course, I go, okay, now I read that. It said X, Y, is is this Z or is this the Z for the other thing? And I am yeah, I don't know what I'm doing, so I'm just going to go back to where I'm comfortable doing it incorrect. That's right. So that's, the, you know, so that, that's just a, a much more better way of, um, of imparting information so people can actually remember it. Because if I do something yeah. immediately and see that it works, I'm going to remember that big time. And sometimes when you have it, it's, it's situational. And when you see the situation presenting itself to you, it's staring you in the face going, well, this is obviously the thing I need to do here. Then you instantly are, are more open to adapting to whatever it takes to get that done. Mm-hmm. But sometimes when you're standing on a driving range and you're getting that information it doesn't have to be done that way, and your mind doesn't have to accept it that way, and it just doesn't at that time. Yeah, it's so wide it's open. You can't psychology of how people learn. Exactly. You know, a, a golf course has less room for error than a driving range. You can always convince yourself that yeah, that would have been in the fairway, <laughs> even though it went fifty <laughs> yards right. <laughs> that would have worked. Yeah, very true. Um, but you know, when you get when you you actually see the immediate results, we got more. I'm, you're going to be three, four strokes per round less after this next segment. Right, Jeff? I mean, you I can what? I can make the promises. That's you just make it happen, buddy. That's right. We'll be right <laughs> We are those weekend uh, golf guys making wild promises, but we don't care. Hang out. We'll be right back. Hey, more time together this weekend with those weekend golf guys. You miss us? You can always catch us audioboom.com, the Golf Talk America Network. In fact, if you were to go there and follow us and then email us and tell us what email address you used or use the same email address you used when you followed us, we'll put you in the running to win some good stuff. We got some Callaway Pro Tour balls, we've got some um, golf towels. The um, that thirty dollar what is it the amphibian towel from uh, Frogger Golf, we got some of that. We got a lot of good stuff, and you know it's just it's just a couple months away from us going down to Orlando and coming home heavy laden with all kinds of new stuff. That's what you do all the time: free food, free drinks, and free stuff. 
What do you think I got into this business for? (laughs) Yeah. That's really it, isn't it? That's it. (laughs) So we were talking about playing lessons and and how it's probably a good idea because you are more, let's say, more receptive, you think, would be fair? More receptive to a new technique when you can actually use it and see it? Well, I sure think that's part of it. Yeah. I sure think that's part of it. You know, I, I think the other part of it is, is that you decide on the spot because you're in a situation that it's very clear what the shot could call for mm-hmm. and that you need to know how to hit that shot. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, I think that it kind of creates um, the desire to do that, not just, okay, show me how to hit that. I think it's a little more than that okay, I see that this shot really needs to be that way. I want to learn how to hit this shot. So you're learning not only how to hit it, but how to recognize the need to hit it. I think so. Yeah. I think so. And that's, that's what a lot of times, you know, when I get to work with people on the golf course, that i got to save them a bunch of strokes because, you know, one of the things that I see is, is the decision-making that they make is, is bad. <laughs> um, For lack of a better you know, term. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, really, instead of instead of just saying, "Hey, look, it could be better," oh yeah, it sure could. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there are people who try to hit balls straight through trees. Yeah, and somebody once told me, "Hey, a tree, it's ninety percent air," and I said, "Yeah, so yeah, it's a screen door, but you can't hit a golf ball through one." That's that's the problem. Is yeah. that they think of things like that? Like I can. I can fit, I'm that good, but I can fit my ball between those two pieces of bark right there. <laughs> I'm picturing that one, but the guy, it's the best, uh, yeah. you know, he struck the ball better than he struck it all day. He's dead straight into the tree. And it comes right back right at him. Back at him. <laughs> 50 yards behind him. I'm right. sorry. You know, we've all seen it. It's funny. <laughs> I don't care who you are. You know, but a lot of the times the decisions that they make are based on the fact that, let's say that you don't hit that great of a tee shot. Mm-hmm. And instead of, and, and this is probably one of the things that I ask people a lot, when I watch them play a hole and then I let them go about it their own way, they hit a bad tee shot and it's a par four, they will always without prompting, take the club that they think is appropriate for the distance to get them to the green before they will look at the situation that they're in. Mm, Okay. And they'll have that club in their hand, and they will walk to their ball. And they have not assessed the situation at all, but they sure do know how far they are from the hole. Right. And so if they're 180-some yards away, they're going to hit that four-iron or that hybrid club or that three-at-wood or whatever the heck it is, no matter what. So if the ball's in thick rough, they still are going to try to hit that shot, that club, out of there, and they can't advance it. And they'll get it out there, you know, 20 more feet in front, and they'll walk up with the same club with the same problem. And they will not extricate their ball. They will not get it out of that rough. You're talking about like having a bad lie or something, or yeah, yeah, yeah sitting in deep rough, yeah. sitting behind the trees, sitting wherever that they should. They don't look and think about what they have to do to get out of trouble at all. And I guarantee you that if I just fixed that in people, and that was the only thing I fixed in how they played the game, mm-hmm. they would instantly be if they never chose poorly again from in that respect. 
they would be three to five shots better each and every time they went out and played. See, we promised you you'd save at least three strokes. It, and it's there you go. There because is. I watch people, you know, they, they have a, a ball sitting in a place where any long club with not a lot of loft, that's the wrong club to have, but yet that's the one they brought with them because they are thinking about total distance as opposed to saying, hey, look, I'm probably not getting this onto the green in two shots. Yeah. So I'll get them to think about that, and I'll say, okay, which two shots do you want? If it's going to take you two, which two should they be? And almost invariably, they choose the long one first. Right. And then I'll take a pitch on. Well, why don't I knock it up there as far as I can and then worry about the pitch shot to get it onto the green? And I look at them and go, so what if the long one from here is really close to somewhere between very hard and impossible (laughs) (laughs) for you? And you're still making that decision. And then they go, oh, okay, so this is a test to see how smart I am, so I better do what the guy says. But the truth is, is that, you know, what I'll do is I will let them fail at hitting that shot, and I'll say, okay, the two of us are in this situation. You go play how you want to play, and I'll play how I want to play, and we'll see which one of us gets it on the green in two shots. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they learn the way that I play every time is the safest one out of the place I am now. Right. So if you have to and get a, a wedge. And then deal with the next shot. Yeah. Yeah, so if you have to get a That's wedge. Right. If I had to get out a wedge. To get out of the gunk you're in, then so be it. Then you worry about. That's right. Just getting the ball to the short grass, and then whatever happens from that point on is what needs to happen from that point on. Gotcha. That's right. Let me ask you a question. So I'm you, playing the shot that I have in front of me. Yeah, yeah. The best I can play it. Sometimes the best it's, place I can play it to. Sometimes it's like chess. You got to think maybe two or three shots ahead. Well, Don't certainly you, you got to think of at least one. Yeah. At least one for sure. So, hopefully you're not trying to think two or three shots ahead because you're hopefully going to have it in the hole before then. But, <laughs> you know. Yeah, well, I mean, if you're in trouble. Less. If you're in trouble. Yeah. You know, if you're, if you're in deep, deep gunk rough, if you're in, you know, thick heather, if you're behind a tree, um, you know, you're, uh, you're in a, you know, any, any of the, in, insert the thing that gives you the most problem here kind of shot. Um, but I want to ask a, yeah. a, a simple technique question. Is it true, since we've been debunking myths again today, is it true that if you want to know if the club you have has enough loft to get over whatever impediment is in front of you, you can lay the club on the ground and then step on the club head so that the back of the club head is against the ground, which will elevate the shaft, and that and the shaft yeah. is the, the angle at which your ball will fly if hit correctly? Boy, do I not want to answer that in a yes or a no fashion. Well, you got two <laughs> minutes, so so expound if you need to. Okay, so here's so here's the deal. All right, I have talked about it, shown it, done it, and on the wedges, it it seems to be very respectably close to being true. Okay, depending on bulk, depending on ball position, and angle of attack. But in the longer irons, I rarely see that happening for people because what they do is they'll step on it and they'll have the ball significantly farther back than what it would normally take to hit a good shot with a longer club. Mm -hmm. And then it will launch a little lower 
and they never seem to get it, you know, because they're trying to figure out how high something can launch over something that's usually right in front of them. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to be hesitant to say any blanket statement here on this, but I am going to say that on the wedges, if you play your ball real close to the middle and you step on that club face, it'll be very close to that. Okay. And we can leave it there. Yeah. We can leave it there. I'll generalize with that one. Right. And for the rest of the clubs, you, you know, you, you takes your chances. What can I say? You know, yeah. don't get behind a tree. You won't have to worry about it. <laughs> you know? That's right. I can't get there. that image out of my head. Get in the fairway, you won't have to do it again. That's right. <laughs> Straight down the middle. That's all you need you, to do. That's all you got to do. That's it. It's so easy. This game is so easy to talk about. That's why we do it so often. Weekly, as a matter of fact, every uh, Saturday morning or whatever time of day it is that you happen to be listening right now, it's the same time of day and the same place you can listen next week. And we do hope you do. In the interim, check us out at thoseweekendgolfguys.com or facebook.com slash golfguys. You can follow us on Twitter at WKNDGolfguys. Or if you miss any of this, and you want to say, what have the golf guys been up to? You can always go to audioboom.com. Uh, we are a proud member there of the Golf Talk American Network. Did I leave anything out? No, the audio boom part was the cool part. I audio. love it when you say audio boom. Audioboom.com. Yeah, go follow us there and then tell us you did, and we will uh, reward you handsomely for it. Otherwise, next week, be back right here, same place, same time. And in the interim, Go play some golf.